When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Causeway Street Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Pavone. Joel Pavone. Mr. Sean Ducha. Hey, this is Leon Poe, man. You're listening to Causeway Street Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Kenny Anderson. Hi, this is Tyler Zeller from the Boston Celtics. And y'all listen to the Causeway Street Podcast. For all you new listeners out there, I'm your host, Joseph Pavone. I'm joined as usual by my two co-hosts. I'm Sean Dutra. What's up? Sound yeah, like talk about walks yourself. on the B. There you go. Joel Pavone. What up? I'm a Pisces. <laughs> the most romantic. He leads off with that. The most romantic sign in all the Zodiac. Oh. Couldn't tell by my voice already. Oh, sexy! I'm the producer of this ensemble that we call Causeway Street. In case you missed it, hey, Bill Walton here, Celtics, 1986. You're listening to the Causeway Street podcast. Yeah, come here for nothing but the truth. This is where dreams come true. Thank you, Boston, for my life. Where are we going? You guys are such homers. It's your boy Terry Rozier. You're listening to the Causeway Street podcast. Now listen to my boys Joe Sway, Joel, and Sean. the number one seed and getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, like we, we had a pretty good year, but to, to take that next step, which is the finals, and to, to do whatever we can to beat Cleveland, we definitely need more. So I don't, I don't know what those guys are going to do with this team, but I would love to see everybody back and, and us add a piece or more. Boston's changed my career, changed my life. I would love to be here long term and win championships here, but as you guys know, it's a business and anything can happen. And and I know that, so I understand that. But I would love to be here. This is this has been everything to me. This city, this organization. I mean, you guys have been the best media to me that I've been around. So it's been it's, it's been good. Isaiah Thomas, all smiles after the uh, the Celtics got eliminated last Thursday to the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games. But Celtics fans should also be smiling because the future looks bright. We're going to you know, wrap this season up as best as we can. Talk about the good and the bad, obviously. As the Celtics, number one seed, 53 wins. And probably, what, a piece or two away? Welcome to the Causeway Street Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Pavone. Yeah. And I got Sean Ducha back in the building. And we also got Zach Pelican via phone. How are you doing, Zach? Welcome to the Causeway Street Podcast once again. Doing well, gentlemen. How about yourselves? Chilling, chilling, man. Literally chilling because it's uh, 
here in Boston, the, the weather just doesn't want to cooperate in late May. I don't know what the hell the deal is. Mm, <laughs> interesting. Interesting weather choice for Memorial Day weekend, I'll tell you that. Definitely, definitely. But I, I, so, I, I, what did you want? What did, are we? Are we really upset right now with the way the Eastern Conference Finals ended? Um, not the way it ended, but more of how it could have been extended, maybe mm. another game. So I mean, this, is, this here's my thing though. So right, Celtics losing five games. We really went in thinking if they can push it to six, great, like great. At the end of the day, I think even, I think we all predicted at least two wins. Yeah, well, yeah, at least two wins. But that we were riding high off that game seven and everything. Like I, I don't know. I mean, the NBA at the beginning of the season, the Cavs were going to place the Warriors in the finals. There was nothing we could do. Nothing we could do. Um, the nothing the Celtics could do, which you know, as much as as Celtics fans, we want to push towards it. I mean, the, the Cavs were going, and that's something. I mean. Unless something happened, right? Like major in the series to change something. But when Isaiah goes down and you play the Cavs and the Cavs are ready to go, I mean, you can't be upset with the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm not really even worried too much about what happened, but I am thrilled about what's about to happen. I think I think we can all say that number one pick in the draft is coming up. Don't have to worry about if you don't want to make a decision on Isaiah, you don't have to. If you don't want to make a decision on Bradley, you don't have to. There's so many options right now, but I don't know. I just, I just looking back. I mean, I'm, a, I'm the biggest Celtics fan you'll probably meet, and I was pissed for like three days. But I can't even be mad, man. I can't even be mad. Like the Cavs are gonna win. Like it was, it was a foregone conclusion before the series started. You're, you're, a, you're a silver lining kind of guy, huh? I am a silver lining kind of guy. You ever noticed that? Yeah. No, I've noticed it. That's just why. Just cup is always full, except when it's not full. It, it's either it's either halfway, it's either full, halfway full, or completely empty. This, that's, that's, All right, that's put, it, put it like this. For me, um, if the Celtics played they were, the way that they played during the first two rounds in games one and two of the Eastern Conference Finals, and they still lost, I would have been – I would have accepted it more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. Because – So there is disappointment then. There's, dis- there's disappointment because of those first two games. Sure. Not necessarily game five. You know, mm-hmm. Game five was, was for what it was. But the way they played in games three and, I don't know, 80% of game four, mm-hmm. you, you saw, like, the Celtics, the team that – Everyone grew to love, even without Isaiah Thomas. Like they, they played like a team. They, you know, fought and they balls to the wall. The, that kind of that kind of play. But the first yeah. two games, you can't say that they they played that way. And it takes away from them a little bit because I don't know. I feel like it's, it, it, I feel like most analysts were like, "Oh, the Cavs are that great mm-hmm. that the Celtics." Were no match for the Cavs, you know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. That, but I don't know. I don't that's know. just that's just me. That's just the Celtics fan in me. Sure. I mean, I think you look at you can look at it a, a bunch of different ways. I mean, um, when you the first two games, obviously they were the, like the worst two games Celtics played in the entire playoffs, right? Yeah. Like clearly, there's a gap. We know that. Right. We're not right. stupid. Is, there's a gap, and if the, Cel- if the Celtics that. aren't on it, then they had no chance. They had to yeah. play very, very well to be yeah. competitive with all, the Cavs. Like, all things had to. Had to go the right way, right? But I think when you when you're looking at the the positives coming out of the series, I mean, first off, Marcus Smart had a really good, a really good Easter Conference Finals. You think? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, he had one good game. He had one good game, I think. <laughs> uh, game four, he was he was making those plays. He he wasn't yeah. a negative. I don't think I don't think in the in the two games in Cleveland, he was a positive player on the court. And and yeah, no, get out of here. He had a good series. I don't think that Marcus Smart wasn't any reason why we lost the I'm series. I'm not saying he's the reason, but. I think he had a really good series. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's hard to blame anybody when you're going to against mean, Cleveland, uh, a juggernaut like Cleveland. But offensively, he kind of came up a little short. No pun intended. In game no, four, no, game five. No, he did not. He did not. He didn't come up short at all. He's not an offensive player. But we, they needed him to be. You can't, you can't, and you can't blame him for being something he's not just because you need him to be that, right? Oh, well, it's not just him, Kelly Olynyk, right? No, Jay Crowder, exactly. There are there are offensive players that bring. Yeah, I, I think. I was very happy with with Marcus Smart. I was very happy with to see you know Al Horford stepping up and really becoming I think the leader of the team during those when Isaiah Thomas went down. I think everyone was rallying around Horford and he was able to show that yes, I am second in charge here. Like this is I, I can lead the team if Isaiah Thomas isn't here, even though it went you know yeah, they lost. But yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple of positives you could take out of this. I I don't know. And Marcus Smart to me, I think showed you. Uh, showed you a little bit of a glimpse into the future. I I, I think you're not going to be able to count on him mm, offensively, clearly. offensively. But I think like he, even even if he wasn't scoring, if he was like making his teammates better, then that's one thing. Because I've never been like the one that's like, oh, he has to score to be effective. Well, that's dumb. If anybody is like that, no, I know that. But anyone who believed after game three when he scored 27 points that he was going to repeat that, no, that's foolish. Right. But, but he still uh, but, played good defense. Yeah, I'm not, that's never going to be. You're never right. going to take that away from him. Right. But you know who didn't play? If you're the starting, defense? if you're the starting point guard and you're not scoring and you're only playing good defense, you're the starting point guard by default <laughs> because the starting point guard is injured. Well, that's 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 what you're supposed to be like. Oh, it's on me, yeah, type of thing. Still you know what I mean? That's the type of player. You know, it, I don't know. Zach, what do you think? Uh, when it comes to Marcus Smart, uh, I thought he had a decent series. I wouldn't say, I, I can't bring myself to say he had a great series or even a good series for that matter because you just got stomped out in five games. And I mean, outside of game four, they had three really tough losses, including games one and two, where it wasn't even competitive for pretty much from, from tip-off. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I can't bring myself to say he had a good or great series. The one guy that really did catch my eye in the finals, though, was Avery Bradley. I thought we saw more from him in terms of making his own shot than we've seen maybe in his entire career, which I thought was really impressive. But, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. This was a tough series. It was a tough task coming in. We knew it was not going to be easy. I don't think – I think Sean was the only one, and he even said it half-jokingly, that he thought the Celtics had a shot at bringing the thing to seven. <laughs> All of us were pretty much thinking that if this thing – if this thing made it to six, you know, that would have been a great accomplishment for them. So, I mean, to win one, you broke their streak. You probably should have played a little better in the second half of that game four to push this thing to six. But ultimately, I think this is as good as we could have expected from the Celtics. So I don't really feel too uh, poorly about it. I mean, you always feel like shit when you get back out of the playoffs. You're never going to feel good about that. No, of but course. Yeah, no. I think all, yeah, all things considered, I think this is about as good as we could have expected. So... I don't have any any hard feelings towards the team. My big thing, my big takeaway for this series is I'm hoping it, it's not the guys on the court because I think they're going to take all of this. They're going to be motivated by it next year, as we've seen every year since uh, Brad Stevens has been in control of this team. But my hopes are that, that Danny Ainge and that front office looks at this and says, okay, 
now we have the the known uh, spectrum and, and the known difference between the second best team in the East, which I think Boston clearly is at this point, and the best team in the East, which is Cleveland. What do we need to do now to get to the point where we are able to stand with them seven games or even beat them inside of seven games to get to the NBA Finals? Because I think now you know what you're lacking and what you need in order to be able to get this team to that next level. So that's my hopeful takeaway out of the whole thing. Yeah, and I, I think it's pretty simple to answer that question. I mean, we're sitting here trying to figure out, like, oh, who's going to pick up the offensive burden? Like, what's who's going to score? They have nobody that can yeah. score. Right, that's number one. You need to be able to score in today's NBA, and well, you need to have a consistent go-to scorer. Well, that's part of the, the disappointment. That's because, not five nine. No, I know, but that's that's part of the disappointment because we saw in the first two rounds, right, that there was a few games when Isaiah wasn't on or he scored barely twenty points, and they still won the game because right. everyone else contributed. They're lacking. They're lacking. The, I think Isaiah still can be a number one. I really do. But he needs a number two. You know what I mean? Like you can't have a guy that that can't have an off night, and 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 then if he has an off night, everybody on the team has to contribute. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't win like that. Yeah. So that that's the obvious number one takeaway. I I think I see. I mean, other than the fact of the LeBron James type thing that you don't have LeBron James on your team, so well, he's it. He's it. DeRozan. Yeah. I, I mean, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like that. Obviously if you could just get a LeBron James, it'd be great. You know, DeRozan's like, Oh, if we had LeBron James, we would have won. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, damn you. What the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Not even going to go with the comparison. That's going to make. That's right. got to be, go. that's got to be the, the dumbest quote of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, yeah. If any, every team had LeBron James, they probably would win. Cause Sucking LeBron James. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just looking at the team, and I'm just like, you know, Bradley stepped up a little bit offensively, but he really didn't do anything other out of the out of the ordinary. He had – Bradley had the opportunity to step up and say, I could be a number two. Like, I can do this. And, no, he didn't do anything out of the ordinary for me. And you know what he did do? He got exposed. Exposed. How? By Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving made him his bitch in this playoff series. Made him his bitch. And then and how how and and yeah, obviously I don't want to get too hard on Bradley here cuz it's Kyrie Irving. But if you're supposed to be if you're supposed to be the number 1 lockdown defender in the NBA as the guard, right? Okay, but you're asking him to be that and you're asking him to score on the other end. I think he did a I think he did a, a uh, an above decent job. Considering the fact nah. that he was the only consistent offensive player for the Celtics to me, in the series, to me, while <laughs> while trying to lock down fucking Kyrie Irving, nah, to me, to me, you're, you're also asking Avery Bradley to be a ghost and go through the big guy there setting screens at the top of the key on him too, because yeah. none of our big guys are picking up any of those screens and helping out. So, oh, Linux? I mean, yeah, but no, no, man, yes, I am asking him to fight through those screens because if he's the number one. Defensive guard in the league voted last year. Oh, he fought. He fought through the screens. But if you're if if he if he passes you, if you're Avery Bradley and whoever you're defending passes you, and your bigs just sit there and watch him make layups after layups after layups. Really? Right. I I get. <laughs> yeah. That. Where's the rim protector? Where's the big guy down there? Where's Al Horford to be a defensive presence? Because that never happens. That never developed in the whole series. Okay, so you're saying that you're saying then that for a guard to be. Uh, a, a, a actual defender, he needs a big man. He needs someone in front of the hoop. Hmm. 
I don't know what team I don't know what team defense works when you don't have someone that's going to be able to step up and I'm slow down saying, the team, person driving to the basket. Team defense is great. What you're asking of Avery Bradley, nobody in the NBA can do. Quiet Leonard can't do it. Nobody. Zero. There are zero players who can do what you're saying right now. Be screened what? off of their not man. Let, not let Kyrie times, Irving go 42? Yes, I'm asking the, anybody that's on the all-NBA team okay, shouldn't be an awful burnt. Lot by that then. Shouldn't be burnt for 42 points. Shouldn't be burnt by for, for 42 points. But it, it, that happened once, the 42 points. But he Kyrie really, did really whatever he wanted all series. Not really. He really only got going in game three in the second half. No. Because, because no, he, had to pick up, he had to pick up LeBron's slack because LeBron was doing shit. That was game three. He only scored 28 points in game three. Then he went off in game four because, once again, LeBron, foul trouble, was out for a majority of the third quarter. And who took over? Kyrie. And then in game, and then in game five, LeBron was LeBron again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm nitpicking, but that just bugs me when you have, like, if the, if the Celtics are supposed to be such a great defensive team and Avery Bradley is supposed to lead this defensive team, like, he he can't get burnt in the in the biggest game of the year for forty two points. He just can't. He can't let that happen. That's a disappointment. And I don't want to blame any other. other. No, you're right. You're right. You, but but at the same time, where 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 Cleveland killed the Celtics the most was in the paint. It wasn't outside shooting. It was the paint. So I know that it wasn't just Kyrie getting to the rim anytime he wanted to. It was LeBron. No, it was Trishan with the offensive boards and the listen, putbacks. Yes, I'm I'm not saying anything against that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. That particular game four, the decisive game of the series, right, mm-hmm. where it could have went 2-2, right? You could be coming back to basketball. With 2-2, you're up. What were they up? 16. 16? At the most, yeah. Right? Most. I, I'm just saying, like, you can give all the excuses in the world, but if you have a guy that's on the all-defensive team get burned in the biggest game of the year for 42 points when his he was guarding Kyrie the entire time. Okay. I'm just that that's all I'm saying. That's a all disappointment. Right. And I'm disappointed with everybody. I was expecting okay. him to be but able to said, shut him down. But you said that he got burned all series, which I disagree with. He Kyrie really didn't have to do anything. <laughs> like what, what game one and game two? What? All right. So those are those I are, mean game five, so right? Technically Did he have to do anything? No, but technically you're saying just game four he got burned. So it's not the whole series. The biggest game of the Celtics season. I understand that. But, biggest game of the Celtics season. But it's not he like didn't show up. But it's not like Avery didn't do anything. Avery led the team in scoring in that game. Yeah, right. But everyone else wasn't hitting shots. No one was playing defense either. So uh, people were hitting shots in the first half. In the first half, but in the second <laughs> half, yeah. No, no Kelly. Also, no Marcus. No Jay. Also, no Jarebko. I'm just gonna say this about my last knock on Avery Bradley. Can you just go up strong on what? a breakaway? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'd never seen somebody float. So many layups and get blocked on a breakaway. Like, just dunk it, bro. He did it. He did it a few times, but at that at point. At least eight. At, at least point, eight. Yeah. At least eight. At least eight times you said he got blocked? Let's put the film on. <laughs> I, I, I will be close with eight. I counted maybe three, maybe four, mm. but that's a whole series, Anyways. not just in one game. <laughs> um, I, actually, I want to bring up one more point about the Cavs series. Okay, go ahead. Zach, I'll pose this to you. Do you think Jay Crowder was a disappointment? In this series, or because it's my opinion, do you think that he's just overvalued? Ooh, that's a that's a interesting question and a good question at that. I think um, I think in an ideal Celtics world, um, we're not forcing him to play as much four as he does. 
um, which I think hurt him a little bit in this series. Uh, it felt like you had either him or Al Horford running out at Kevin Love for at least the first three games of the series, which was just terrible. <laughs> I mean, right. you want to talk about defensive breakdowns? Watching Kevin Love just drain three after three after three was just brutal. Yeah. But defensively, I did have a little bit of a problem with him there. Um, but he's he's... He's the same Jay Crowder that we've seen the last two years. Thank he's a three and D guy, and I think expecting him to not be that guy or be more than that player is is kind of unfair to him. I mean, he's a very solid player, but he's a solid role player who's a three and D guy. And I thought he he gives you that. And then when you ask him to be more than that, yeah, you're going to be let down a little bit. Yeah, that that's that's my thing. Is like when when I'm watching Jay play, he's played the entire. He's played this way his entire Celtics career. I will give you one thing if yeah. you're going to be a Jay hater and you want to say that he's lacked a little bit defensively, I will give you that. He has slipped on the defensive end a little bit, but he's not hes not going to go out there and put up 20 points a game every night. He, he's, no. he He's starting on a team where he's probably – he's starting on a team where he's the fourth best starter on the team, right? Fitting in there. He's not a major offensive focus. He's there to defend and to put up 12 to 15 points a night. He did that in the series. And you know how many people I talk to that are saying, yo, Jay's got to go. He's got to go. He's like, no, he's on one of the most team-friendly deals in the entire NBA. Even though Jay Crowder's a role player, if he was a free agent right now, he'd be making like $14 million a year, $50 million a year. He's making six. I think he got I think he got too during the season, not just in the playoffs, but I think during the season he got too trigger-happy from behind the from behind the arc a little bit. Because, hmm. yes, he has improved. No, one, no, sure. one's, no one's debating that, or at least, you know, true Celtics fans or true basketball fans. But I just felt like he his his D went down a little bit. His defense was was lacking at times. I don't know. I guess it's easy to say now because of the the end result. But I mean, I think we saw him. He can defend the three really well. I think. I I think you know if he if he's defending a three, an average size three, not a LeBron James, right? Mm-hmm. If he's defending an average size three, like uh, whoever, uh, a a small forward in the NBA. I think he can handle that. I think he's much shorter than than most people give him credit for. Too. Yes, I think he's like six four. Yes, he's and a he's small guarding, and he's guarding guys six six, six seven, six eight, even up to six nine at times. Yes, that's what I mean. Like Man. he's not going to be able to stay on LeBron James. No, I see. I know. I know. Like he can d up LeBron James probably better than anyone uh, on the Celtics. But, I, but yeah, I don't think anyone was anyone on the Celtics were going to stop LeBron. I'm not even slow him down the way he's been playing. Yeah. But I heard a lot. I heard a lot of just get this guy out. Well, you know, the the fact that the, I I do think that well, if a deal presents itself, right? <laughs> you know, a good deal. I'm not saying right. Like, just a deal, just a deal. I'm out of here. But but I think the, Jay Jay is ideally twenty to twenty three minutes off the bench when you have a you have a solid starting uh, on a championship team. It's good to hear you say that. Yeah, it, I know. <laughs> it's good to hear you say that because. I mean, I've heard you in the past say that no, this dude could be like a number three or, or a number four on a championship team. I think that, and right. he's just a he's just a role he's just a role player, a good one. No one's the bad, you know. Every, I think that was every, every championship team needs that. I love Jay Crowder. <laughs> every championship team needs a Jay Crowder, and he Don't could get me be wrong. A, he could be a starter on a championship team too. He could be a starter on a championship team, but I think the way the, the way you're looking at it is, if he's your starter, you better have two other big time scorers on there, right? Yeah, or at least three. But but I'm saying, but for this team, for example, for right, this team, he can't stop. If you're, that's what I'm saying, if you're bringing someone else in, if you're if you're gonna sign a, a top tier free agent, 
and make a trade for another all-star. He's coming off the bench, especially if you're going to keep Avery, Avery Bradley. Because then now potentially you can, you, you can have three to four bona fide scorers in your lineup. Right. And you got Jay coming off the bench. Yeah. Which that's, that should be, that should be ideal. Which is ideal, which is, which I think is exactly what you're going to be looking at. But I don't know. I just don't want people to, to th- say, you know, why didn't Jay step up? I mean, yeah, he just, he just does, he does him. Well, I'm, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'm ready to get, get rid of the lights of Olenek. <laughs> I, I'm ready to get rid of Amir Johnson. I'm do we want to play the? Do we want to play the Celtics free agents? Like, like you know what? All the Celtics, the, the potential free agents on this team. I, I don't see any reason to bring any of them back. To be honest with you. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Jonas Durepko is one of those guys. Watch your mouth. What is he a free agent this Jonas year? Go- is he get the fuck out of here! Yeah, he's he he a free agent. Don't is he a free agent? Or, hold on, hold on. Is he ever free agent? Or is he free agent or a team option or a play option? Right, Are you sure he doesn't have a, an option? Me, no, Zeller is the see. only. Zeller's the only one potentially that they would that's have a, to that's uh, non-guaranteed they to do. That's non-guaranteed though, right? Right, uh, right. Yeah, so they Jer- could chop him off to six players that they could potentially drop this offseason. That'll be Johnson, Jarebko, Gerald Green, Tyler Zeller, and I don't know if the last one is. Shit. <laughs> There's one more somewhere out there. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Kelly. KO. KO's the last one. Okay, Atlantic. All right. Gerald Green, you got to keep him. Oh, you're coming around with the Gerald Green? <laughs> oh, hey, I forgot. Speaking of coming around, my <laughs> biggest takeaway from the playoffs. Yeah. I'm on Team Jalen Brown now. Oh. He showed me something, man. Oh, damn. He showed me something. He oh. showed me something. Please uh, explain. No, I just, I, I think two individual efforts. Okay. When he made that rebound, when he was on the ground, he jumped up and got off the ground and got that rebound. I he was like, like, he like propelled from his ass cheeks. Yes, to grab that, that was rebound. that was that was an impressive. Like, like yeah, like hydraulics feat. in there, or some shit. I watched the replay like four times, and I was like, still That's, don't know how you do it. I still, right, yeah, dude's an athlete. I was like, okay, it's a hustle move. That's definitely a couple Tommy points right there. I'm like, I'm with you. And then on top of that, when he first off playing on a bad hip, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. Fuck. I'm going to go back to Jalen, and I want to talk about the hips. Go ahead, go ahead. Celtics hips. Yeah, they <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what happens when you... Epidemic, bro. Hey, you, hold on. Before you do, you were just talking about Avery Bradley, and we forget that he's got fucking... He's got a bad... He's got two bad hips. Oh, everyone's got a bad trying hip to nowadays, play, Trying right? to play defense. Everyone's got bad hips Trying to play nowadays. defense of one of the explosive guards in the league. Come on, bro. About to go... I forgot about that. About to go sell some lifelines to these <laughs> bitches, breaking their hips and shit. They're not senior citizens, bro. <laughs> they... <laughs> <laughs> you could have fooled me. <laughs> all right, so continue with. Anyways, Jalen Brown. Brown. One one thing I was like, all right, the bad hip. I was like, come on, man. Like, you got a bad hip now too. <sighs> come on. But anyways, game five mm-hmm. when he went up, landed hard. Oof, hard. Was it was it was that the reverse layup where where yep. LeBron tried to block it and everyone on the Cavs tried to come over to and him and he smacked his head and he's like get the fuck out of here I was like Jalen Brown welcome to Boston baby you just what you just earned yourself I'm not now I'm all now he, I'm on Jalen Brown like I just he needed, needed him all he needed was to turn around and start doing push-ups and I and that, I think Tucci would have lost it that's oh, <laughs> oh man or if he just got up in LeBron's face right after that I would have been like getting that jersey today <laughs> you know what you did motherfucker get in my face yeah no but no Jalen Brown pooped a lot. To me, this offseason. Now, I will say this. The playoffs. This, yeah, the playoffs. <laughs> I will say this. 
Still probably not worth that number three overall pick for what you could have traded it for, but But look at look at the look at the um the class though. I really you know okay. what? Yeah. I, I thought about this. I mean it has nothing to do with the class. But but look at the fact that the NBA has Joel Embiid as a finalist mm. after he missed like half the season to become yeah. rookie of the year. Like that just that just that should tell you how how weak this class really probably was. Probably who's gonna win rookie of the year, Dario Sarek <laughs> was drafted like three years ago. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um no, I, I, you know what I think? You know what I really think made this yes. turnaround happen? Yes. Is we got the number one pick. Then I was like, <laughs> That's what it was, right? it's all good now. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, now we got this pick. I'm like, all right, Jalen, I'm not as bad about it. I think I got the third pick again. You'll be like, what the what the hell? Jalen Brown, we wasted it up. No, but no, but he had a hell of a playoffs. Brad still didn't like trust him fully. Yeah. Which yeah. I get. Well, it has a lot to do with Green, though. Yes. Jared Green was born. The Green effect. For, yes. But. I mean, I'll give it to him. I mean, the kid balled. He showed some hustle. He showed some heart. He was able, showed a little bit of offensive flair. I was like, you know what? See, that's why you can't bring back Green as much as I love him because then you're gonna you're gonna yeah. stun you're gonna stun Jalen Brown's growth a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. You probably gotta let Green go. Yeah, or Green's the last guy on your bench, which is not a bad guy. Not to a have bad guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Any, any anything else on the hips? You just talking about you want to get on a tangent about hips? No, I just don't understand why the the Celtics. I've I've watched sports my entire life, and I think I know like four people that ever had a hip injury, and all four of them were on the fucking Celtics, and two of them were Avery Bradley. What the fuck? Well, Isaiah Isaiah injured his hip back in March. Okay, sure. And I remember when he was out, but that the story was not that he injured his hip. The story was his ankle. And he was out for four games, and the Celtics went like one and three without yep. him. Yep. And now all of a sudden, oh, he's been playing with a hip injury mm-hmm. since then, and couldn't and couldn't play pretty much the rest of the Eastern Conference Finals after half of half of game two, which was a smart, which was smart, it was smart to take him out, smart to uh, to shut him down, even though he didn't want that to happen. Um, yeah, I don't think the Celtics win game three if he still was was still in there. No, I. I because it kind of and messed up. No, I and messed and messed and messed up Cleveland's game plan. Cleveland's game plan was solely focused on Isaiah, frustrate him on offense, sure, and fucking expose him on defense. But I still think, but I still think that the Celtics' defense definitely was better in Game Three. Yeah, right. They were able to like Mar- you know Marcus Martin, Avery Bradley in the backcourt better than Marcus uh, Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas. So yeah, maybe you got something there. You know, Jonas telling Kevin Love to stop fucking flopping. That's that's great. That's yeah, it's <laughs> great Celtic pride right there. Yeah, yeah man. I can't, I can't go overstated. Nope, 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 nope. But um, <laughs> but yeah, the hips though, man. Jesus. <laughs> Like everyone's got the same damn realize, injury. I didn't realize until you brought it up. I'm like, yeah, everyone had hip injuries here. <laughs> They're forgetting to do the hip flexor stretch before practice. I don't know, man. I don't know, but it is what it is, man. <laughs> it is what it is. So go ahead, proceed. Sorry, I took right, away. No, I, had to go, I had to go on that Jalen Brown. I forgot no, about my Jalen Brown love on the playoffs. Okay, no. So are we in agreement that the the Celtics this season they overachieved? Uh, they had a successful season, regardless of how it ended against Cleveland. Yeah. Once they beat Washington, I said successful season. That's it, man. That's it, right? That's it. Okay, Zach. Uh, I wouldn't say over it, dude. I, I would say they reached expectation. Uh, I mean, yeah. beginning of the year when we were doing all of our uh, preseason, we all said that Eastern Conference Finals was probably a realistic goal for them. And I think the the big thing that they did do though is they opened up the conversation of are they the third best team in the NBA, which is an interesting one because I think. You, 
if the Cleveland Cavaliers go on to win the finals this year, they did more than the Spurs did out west. I mean, why why are the Celtics uh, not being talked about as as okay. a third best team in the league? Yeah, yeah, you that's that's true. That's true. Technically, they were Kawhi, the they Kawhi were one of out, three yeah. teams still in the playoffs. I was gonna say, well, Kawhi was out, but when Thomas was out, Thomas too, was out you know? too. Yeah. How do you like that? How do you like oh, them apples? Hey, I got an interesting question for you. Now that we're just going shooting the shit about the end of the season. <laughs> After year one of Al Horford, was it a bad contract or is it looking like a good contract? I think it's a good contract. I, it's a good contract in the context that you got a player that you, and I, I, I've always preached this and everyone gives me a crooked look. When you can get a player that you don't need to run your offense through and he can still give you production, that is one of the most valuable things in the NBA, like high-level, good production. It, that's why, and everyone, you know, you feel as you will about, about Rajon Rondo. One of the things I absolutely love about him is he could shoot the ball two times in a game and still be the best player on the floor. And that, that's something that uh, you get from Al Horford to a certain extent, is that he can go out there, be one of the best passers in the game from the four or the five. He can rebound the ball if that's what you want to do. He defends at a decent clip. And then you can get him inside and get him to score, too. So I'll tell you what, year one, I give him thumbs up. Statistically, it doesn't look that great. He's not going to blow you off the you know, off the face of the earth with that. But you know, I, I think uh, he fits in very well. And the other value that you get with it is that this team took a big step forward this year. And I think a lot of free agents and a lot of people around the league are seeing that. And I think Al Horford had a lot to do with that. Yeah, I, I sort of agree. I think it's going to be a tough contract to deal with going forward which is sort of my problem Mm -hmm. but i think it was a necessary price that danny h had to pay to get this team on a different level you know what i mean well it's that and and the fact that you you get the attention you grab the attention of other potential free agents like oh he had a chance to make more money in atlanta and in washington and he still chose to go to the celtics hmm i gotta think about this you know right yeah so i there's that there's that factor for me I think he 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 was worth uh, at least in year one. We don't we don't know what's going to happen in the next. You know, mm-hmm. I I would love to look into the future. I would love to look ahead like like Sean here at times. But, but uh, for me, year one, uh, a great year. Um, I would have loved to have had you know him not suffer a concussion, but that wasn't his fault. <laughs> but uh, just think, just think. Yeah. Actually, it was have, exactly. We have concussion-free seasons of Al Horde to look ahead to. Yeah, and 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 no, he didn't, he didn't suffer a hip injury too. That's always good. Did he though? He did. Well, maybe that, that, that concussion that we, that was the cover up for the hip injury <laughs> that we know of. But um, like, to we piggyback- can't have another hip injury, <laughs> Al. Say you're concussed. <laughs> but to no, to piggyback on what on what Zach said, um, to have him affect the game when he doesn't necessarily have to score. It's a lost art. It's uh, it's not looked upon as something great in, in today's NBA because everyone everything is all about numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no one really talked about the fact that he averaged the most blocks of his whole career, and he's not known as a rim protector. And he was in he averaged uh, more assists than any power forward or center in the league as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a plus. Yeah, I think he showed you that he can. I know. I know. You just said you don't have to run the offense through him, meaning he doesn't have to have. It doesn't have to score the ball. But he does run the offense. Like does, when the Celtics are running, the offense. He's K, know, he's KG like. Yes. When it comes to yes. to, to the offense. Yes. He's yes. he's he's KG like, like, light. He has KG to, light. He has to touch the ball. Yes. 
and 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 when he does, good things happen. Yeah, because I I think he makes smart passes. Obviously, uh, the assist numbers. Um, I think he's able to draw out his defender, which really helped it for most of the year. It Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley, yeah, even Jay Crowder at times. Yeah. So it's so, no it's no mistake that those guys, all those guys that we just mentioned, Isaiah, um, Avery, and and Crowder, their their points per game went up this season. Even though, even though, I think this contract is gonna hurt. Well, well, we'll cross that bridge. Well, well, Danny will cross that bridge when he gets to it. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. You don't have to worry about that for three seasons. But it needed to happen. It needed to happen. It was yeah. a necessary thing that needed to happen. It was a sacrificing thing. Yes. Al Horford will always... When they, it, when they, when they make a statue of Al Horford over on, uh, over on Castle Island, remember will be the remember sacrificial it. lamb. Remember, you want Anna to come back on the show, right? Yeah. Okay, just make it short. Yeah, it, yeah, careful, I'm saying careful. that we're putting an Al Horford statue. Right, but right. he's his, it's just going to be his contract draped over a sacrificial lamb. And just says, this is what we had to do to win all these championships. We had to sign Al Horford. We had to take this four-year, billion, trillion-dollar contract to get you for one good year. <laughs> and there it is. I'm just saying, I'm nervous about the next three years of these contracts, man, of this contract. But we'll be okay. The cap's going up. Everything's going to be fine. Mm, that's great. Mark Fools, baby. There you go. And there it is. The offseason is officially underway. Uh, you got the you got the draft less than a month away. But in between. It's closer than that. Yeah, it's like three weeks away. So Less than a month. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, Anyways. So what's next for the Celtics and Danny Ainge? That's a fucking tough question to answer, man. Because from the from from the outside, people could say like, "Oh, it's simple. You either trade the number one, or you keep it." Right? Let's let's simplify it. But it's this, but it's not that simple though. There's too many things that can happen. I think we're all on the same page. And I, if you read Zach's article on um, CausewayStreetBlog.com, uh, great plug. There you go. Give, give it that shout out. You know, great plug, great plug. Oh, you know I did, and I was I was noticing one thing like very missing in that is a uh, is Gordon Haywood. I mean, you sort of talked about him, but anyways, I I mean that's obviously something that we're going to talk about going forward. But I, let, let's simplify it, right? Zach in the article throws out seven big things that need to happen, oh, no, or but, seven but, things you got to watch out for. Okay, but before before you bring that up, mm-hmm. I think the main thing that Ainge has to focus on, right? Is do you think you can close the gap on Cleveland between now and the next two or three years, or you're just gonna be like, you know what, we're gonna wait it out until he fucking, you know, starts to, his talent starts to you know diminish a little bit, and we'll get our we'll get our shot in like five to ten years. Nah, they, he, I think those I think those are the two, the two main things that I think that's a I think that's a when it comes to these, these decisions that that Zach brought up in, in his piece. I also think that. It doesn't matter. Okay. The Celtics can do it, do both at the same time. Which I think it's it should be that way. Well, it's, normally, normally it, it never is, right? And, yeah. and, and and if you're if if a team tries like, to, I don't understand how it has to be one way or the other. It, well, it's because if a team <laughs> tries to tank, usually they're able to tank and they're able to get a draft pick and start building through the draft or whatever. They make that decision. That depends on market you're in, though. Well, no, I don't. I don't think it does because then if you try to do, if you try to go all in, you either go all in and it succeeds or it fails. But if you try to if you try the to play time, in the middle, the dangerous part about playing in the middle and try to do both when you're not 
this version of the Celtics. Like, let's just say you're a regular team. You're trying to go out and sign. You know, we're going to sign a middle free agent and still try to, you know, take our first round draft pick and then build it together. It never works because you always end up in like the sixth through eight seed for the rest of the like well, five Ainge, years of that of that contract you signed the guy for. So, I mean, it, it, normally it doesn't work. Yeah, but Ainge, the last time Ainge attempted to go all in, he gave himself, well, at the time, people were. We're only giving maybe a three-year window, but he gave himself a five to six-year window, right? You know, with 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 Pierce and Garnett and the rest of them. But I don't think they're they're not going all in right now. That's what I'm saying, which though. is dumb. They can't go all in. And the only way you're get... going all in if you're if you're going to definitely trade that number one pick for a bona fide all star, and you're going to sign a top tier free agent, right? But I still don't. I still don't. I look at the free agent class and I say. You know, even if you trade, even if you trade for, I don't know, uh, Jimmy Butler, and then you sign Gordon Haywood, I mean, you might you might win you another game or two. You may, you may, Conference Finals. You may even <laughs> beat Cleveland, but still, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's not worth it because then you have one year of that. You have one year of that because then Butler's up. No, Butler, I think has two Butler years. Has after two that. more years. So then George Thomas is up. Year. You'll be trading Bradley. You'll be trading Crowder. You'll be trading Fultz. You'll be trading everybody. And then you're going in for that one year, which I don't think is the right thing to do. Yeah. It's not the right thing to do. The Celtics are in this crazy position in sports where they can do both. They can go at, go at, make a run this year, and build for the future. Okay. Zach, the author of the, the piece there on causewishtyblog.com, fill us in. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Can, can the Celtics do both? You know, try to bridge the gap now, and also uh, secure their future. Well, the funny thing is, you talk about the seven big things facing Asian the Celtics this summer, and I, I wrote that article kind of, I think it was after game two of the uh, the series against Cleveland, and I wrote it, and, and it was kind of, okay, just just a checklist of like, okay, well, what, what do we have to look forward to? What are we going to be able to look forward to come this summer? And I kind of went through the different things they're going to have to do. And actually, last week, I spent some time uh, working on the cap, looking at the different contracts that the Celtics have on their cap right now and what they look like to project over the next three years. Okay, nerd. Working on another article. Working, <laughs> working on another article. It's crunching them numbers. Got to crunch yeah. them numbers. Get pushed those, crunch the numbers. Tape no, those glasses I, I and get that you're, calculator You're going to be really interested. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, the next couple of days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire off another article, and it's going to really break down yeah, uh, a very interesting path that the Celtics are going to be able to go on, and I think explains a lot of what we've seen the last year or so in terms of deals that they haven't made and why they didn't make them, and what they're going to, what doors they have left themselves open uh, this summer, and then going into the 2018 summer as well. There are some really intriguing options for the Celtics that I don't think. I, I don't. I know I didn't see them. Maybe somebody else has seen them by by looking at what they could be doing. But um, they've got some very very interesting options. And I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tease it a little bit. Nobody has to be traded. Everyone can stay right where they are, and we can make these picks, and we can do it exactly like Sean just said. You can go after it now, and we can build for the future at the same time. Oh, believe it or not. Even when Danny Ainge made this trade to get all these picks, right? I think you, I think uh, he didn't know the cap was going to jump by like 30 million and then 40 million. It's crazy. This is happening at the best time for the Celtics to be able to do both is build a contender and then let your draft picks pick your fucking draft picks. Just pick them, sign your free agents and pick your draft picks, which you know what? 
as frustrating if you go back and listen to the trade deadline, <laughs> you go back and listen to the trade deadline show, which I don't advise you to do. <laughs> but I probably sound like a dickhead, a giant dickhead. It was, it was great radio. It's great radio. Great radio. It was initial reactions. It was great. But those, I are, mean, those are the best. Looking back on it now, like really, what would have what would have Taj Gibson done for the Celtics against the Cavs? You know, I, I think Danny really has everything under control. Like, I, 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 I just have to sit back and say, fine, Danny, you're right. You're right. I mean, even though last year I was calling for your head after you drafted Jalen Brown, and then the straight deadline <laughs> comes and goes, and you didn't do shit, and now it's... Well, I think, I think people are just mad because you're like, you're sitting on these draft picks, and then you don't necessarily have to trade them. You don't. You could have traded other pieces. Could have traded the second round picks, you know. That's a. I think he has way too many second round picks, but that's just me. I mean, you could have (laughs) traded that, and then like maybe maybe you maybe you keep one of those game one or game two closer than what it was because you had a big man. But some of these some of these guys that were that were moved, Mm -hmm. like Serge Ibaka, what did he do in the in the playoffs? Well, I think if you put Serge Ibaka on the Celtics, he probably would have just. Nah, it would have been dap dap. That would have worked. You know, you look at you look at players like that, like you said, you mentioned uh, Taj Gibson. You know, he might have been. I think he might have been good against the Wizards. If you could have had, some, if you could have, <laughs> I, don't had about, a, I don't know about Cleveland. If you could have had a top twenty big man, powerful would you know traded for a couple of second round picks. You know, Tucker. What would Tucker would have done? You you just you just make your team a little bit more respectable in the fact that you know maybe you don't have to go to seven against the Wizards. Maybe you don't have to lose the first ten games of Bulls. You know what I mean? Like maybe you have a little bit of an easier road. And for the second round picks that you're not gonna have any use for because the roster is loaded, maybe you give those up. But I I don't know. I, I look at I look at Danny Ainge and yeah, he got bailed out by getting the number one pick. He got bailed out by the NBA lottery. Well, you look you look at you look at Ainge and what he said um, a few days ago after the Celtics got eliminated that he still would have felt the same way about the team even if they lost in Game Seven against the Wizards. I thought that was interesting. Him well, that's saying just that. ridiculous. I, well, I thought it was interesting that he said that because. I feel like the Celtics, the the locker room, in the locker room, they're like, we're thinking one way. And Danny's like, I'm not going to go crazy here and try to fucking, you know, trade I'm not picks. Gonna do I'm not going to do what everyone thinks I'm going to do, do what everybody wants me to do. <laughs> and trade picks and go nuts and try to win this season when his vision is the big picture. Like, All right, like, Danny. Yeah. That's, 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 my, that's how I engage this. That's how I'm looking at this is Danny's like, Whatever happens this season, it's going to be a successful season, whether they they you know win a game or two games against the Cavs, or even if they hadn't even made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Because he's like, I got bigger plans, and I hope that, that I hope there's results. Period. Mm. I hope there's results. Yeah, which because I th- like you said, he lucked out. He lucked out with his first pick. I mean, it the same out- thing he did when he when he traded when he traded for Kevin Garnett. That was his like he 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 promised. He said at that time, right, ten years ago, give me five years, and that mm. was year five. Mm-hmm. That was. You know, the last minute of the of of the twelfth hour, like you know, give me five years. Now he didn't he he didn't say that he didn't give himself a time no. frame this time around. Well, he he didn't have to this time yeah. around. <laughs> His job wasn't on the line. Yeah, it's true. It was an obvious decision. It's to true. He, yeah. Once he got those three picks, they were like, "Whoa, Danny! Whoo, damn! Yeah. You got what for Paul Pierce to get right that? But still, but, but like you said, I don't think he he anticipated that the cap was going to go up. Mm. He didn't. No, tis- he didn't. He didn't. He didn't anticipate that that in year two the Celtics were going to be a playoff team. In year two, year three, and no, year he didn't, didn't. I don't anticipate, think he anticipated any of that. He didn't anticipate Isaiah Thomas doing anything. Like well, he, which he is, wanted Isaiah to be a six man, believe it or not, well, when he got well, when he traded for him. The strange thing is, the strange thing is, right? 
when we talk about Danny Ainge and having the eye on the future and the eye on the on the on the you know the he's ahead of, he's ahead of the curve right now. Right, but the the thing that's crazy is that lucky bastard. He knew <laughs> he knew that this team was going to be competitive the within scrappers, this window. The scrappers that they are, right? Because I mean, you go out and you trade for a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who's got a team friendly deal. He he probably thought, let me try to get the best guy out there that will keep us competitive, but. We don't really need a tank because we have the Brooklyn picks. Maybe that's what went into his decision. That too, yeah, you're right. But and I mean, make it, and make this place attractive for free agents potentially. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. It was a strange thing, but it's strange. I think a lot of things he didn't anticipate to happen. No, they fell the way they did. So he's sitting. He's sitting pretty. He's sitting pretty right now. Like no, he's sitting better than pretty. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's well, have like, you seen him lately? Yeah, those Chipotle burritos are getting to him, man. I'll tell you that. I know someone personally. Uh, you know him too, Bill. Bill says he sees him all the time at Chipotle. No, he he he's been on <laughs> the one in Waltham, right? Right, right by the right by the practice facility. He's been on the the. Him and, Rich, him, and, Weber, him, and, him, and, him and Zeller. Remember when Zeller was out with like this yeah. like mysterious like stomach bug for like a month? Oh, is that is that is that is that weird? That he gets <laughs> Zeller gets a stomach bug and, and not Danny? Chipotle just gets a weird like with salmonella outbreak. No one ex- <laughs> no one tied the dots to that one, huh? Nope. Nope. They thought they thought, oh it's, it's not in Boston. You know, it's outside of Boston, got, so it doesn't Danny, affect us. Word on the street is Danny Ainge has a like a gold card. Oh really? Better than the black card. Mm. Either, either that or he has a tab that he still hasn't paid yet. I don't think he'll ever have to pay it. Yeah, that's true. I don't think he'll ever that's have to true. pay it. But, yep, so everyone get out there, get your Chipotle burritos. <laughs> this Causeway Street podcast brought to you by Chipotle. <laughs> get the Causeway special. <laughs> that's that new chorizo. That triple cheddar. Anyways, <laughs> what's the biggest thing the Celtics need to do this offseason? Number one thing on your list. For this. Number one. Holy shit. Want me to start? Yeah, you start. Draft Mark Earl Fultz. That's okay. the number one thing the Celtics need to do. Zach, what do you think? Uh, sign a max free agent. That's actually worth a max deal. Which, uh, you want to say Gordon Hayward's worth a max, that's fine. If you want to say Blake Griffin, that's cool, too. It doesn't really matter. Top-level free agent, you go get him for it. Now, let me tell you one thing I heard. Um, I was listening to Zach Lowe. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's usually pretty tight in or whatever, but he was like, it'd be interesting to see if if Hayward would sign a three-year deal with the Celtics mm-hmm. with the third year being a player option. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you would have 10 years in the league oh. and then be able to sign the Supermax deal. So if, if, if the Celtics are able to finagle that... Wait, well, doesn't he have to, or, or it doesn't matter, does he have to make one of the, uh, the All-NBA teams or no? Because this, I think so. him not making it, you know, this this season helps the Celtics. Oh, he didn't make it. He didn't make it, no. Mm. But I still think the money is more if you're in ten years in league. Okay. Versus, um, yeah, I think there's an elevator clause that yeah, yeah. Right? you get. A, it's got to be ten years, right? Yeah. But isn't there like a certain amount of years on one particular team? Well, or I no? think he's already done that, though. Like, I I think I don't think it has to be the same team. That, does that have to that be the same team? It, no. So it's just automatic ten years. Yeah. Okay. That I just something I heard. I don't no, know. no, no, yeah, that's. That makes sense. It'd be interesting to see if if, if the Celtics sense. are able to pull like like look at Kevin Durant, right? Kevin Durant left. He only signed a two year deal with signed a player option. Signed a two year deal to just yeah. to, try to make more money, right? If yeah. if 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 I mean, yeah. let's just let's be honest. Well, didn't Russell Westbrook do the same thing? He signed yeah, a three yeah. year Ru- three Russ, year deal. Russ signed a three year deal. The to extension get to ten years. To yeah. get to ten years, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I mean, if you think about it too, I mean, Utah's not a pretty big market. It's probably 
I mean, Utah, what the fuck else is in Utah other than the Jazz? Just the Jazz. Just the Jazz. And Mormons. And Mormons. Oh, the Salt Lake City. What was that Salt Lake City MLS team that oh, was there? Oh, no, it's like Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah Real Salt Lake's there, right? Yeah, yeah, Real sorry. Salt Lake's sorry, there. sorry about that. Come on. Sorry. Don't forget about MLS, man. Uh, my bad. My bad. Uh, sorry, man. ADD's kicking in. I was watching the Seattle Sounders-Portland Timbers game. It was like the fucking World Cup final, the way they played that shit on the field. Seattle? All of a sudden. Seattle, that's all they got they going go up there, bro. In. They sold out the Seahawks stadium. Dude, that's all they – That's other, other than other than the Seahawks when they're not in season. The Sounders? That's all I got. Isn't isn't uh who's the who's the owner of that isn't it Drew Carey? <laughs> I feel like it's him. Like he's got like that stadium packed every fucking game. Drew Carey. Yeah, Cleveland I'm Rocks. serious. Yeah, the Cleveland, no, the Cleveland Rocks guy. He, I think no. he's, I think I think. Don't call me on that. <laughs> yeah, he has ownership stake. Uh, right, man. he does. Right, that's what I thought. See, uh, yeah, he does. He's got that place rocking. Maybe, Always. maybe he does. He does. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. He said, he said, fuck Cleveland in their MLS team where I'm going to go said, to Seattle. He's like, I'm going to bring an MLS team to Cleveland. I mean, Seattle. <laughs> uh, anyways, what the fuck was I saying? Uh, you said that they, it was like a World Cup game finals. Oh, yeah. Between was, the Timbers. It was the, the weirdest uh, thing. Yeah. It was a regular MLS. I would put it on. I was like, what's going on? Just yeah. MLS. I was like, I'm uh, not watching this past the pregame ceremonies. But Gordon Haywood in Utah, even though he's probably going to – you know, I have a lot of suitors because NBA doesn't matter what market you're in, but markabil- marketability. Yeah, if he comes from Utah to Boston, he's obviously he's making. It's a bigger. It's a bigger market. It's a bigger market, and that sixth year or the fifth, sixth year that Utah can offer. Why would he take that? You can make that money in in everything in the bigger market in Boston. Like it, it's gonna equal out. Yeah. So. I don't know. The Jazz are screwed. <laughs> the Utah Jazz, they ever well, since I heard, I heard a rumor out there. Ever that, since Carmelo left, I heard a rumor out there that if they're able to keep Gordon Hayward, that they would look into trading for Paul George. Well, what's worse, Indianapolis or Utah? <laughs> I mean, uh, probably probably Utah. <laughs> let's be honest though. Gobert's leaving when his contract's up. Like, don't want to stay in a Utah man. Yeah. Yeah. Utah. It's Utah. Brutal. If you're not skiing, why are you there? <laughs> nah, man. I I just think Gordon Hayward's leaving, and and so you're, no, okay. it makes sense. It makes sense for him to go to Boston, and if you can get that three year deal or whatever, where you're not locked into him long term, get a little flexibility, it makes a huge difference. All right, let me ask you this because um, I agree with Zach when it comes to the number one thing that the Celtics need to focus on in the off season is is sign uh, a top tier free agent. And there's not a lot of those in this offseason. But let me ask you about faults. My number one thing. Your number one thing. Drafting him, does does that make the Celtics better yeah. or the same? Better. Okay. Better. Why? It gives you another guard that can score. And it gives you the only, truthfully, mm-hmm. the only player on the team that can just create his own, he create his own shot at will. Okay. Even as a rookie, I think you're going to be able to see this guy, 6'4", guard, with a 6'11 wingspan, has bulked up significantly since his freshman year at Washington. Looks like an NBA player now. This is, this is, like, this is what I was thinking of, right? Best case scenario, you get Derrick Rose coming out first year, right? Mm-hmm. Look what Derrick Rose did with a nothing Bulls team, brought him to the AC, right? 
took the Celtics to seven games. Pfft, huge, right? Mm-hmm. Back in 09, yep. If you get 75% of what Derrick Rose was, 75% in Markel Fultz, which I think you'll get closer to Derrick Rose with the way that I think he, I'm, I think he's going to play in the NBA. I'm really high on Markel Fultz. I mean... So you think he makes an impact right away? Right away. Right away. And you know what? I think Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens would be dumb. And I'll get back on him again. <laughs> would be dumb to draft this guy number one and then develop him the whole year. You got to get him in. You got to get him minutes. You got to deal with some of the mistakes. He's the number one overall draft pick for a reason. He's not Anthony Bennett. This isn't a year where there's... Well, we don't know who to take number one. Mm-hmm. Mark Elfos is number one draft pick, and you got it. You draft the guy. If they don't choose him. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you don't want to hear me. Oh, jeez. I'll go right back in on Jalen Brown. <laughs> oh, boy. They don't draft faults, man. Zach, who's... Lonzo Ball. Zach, I wouldn't... Oh. Yeah, Zach, who's your, who's, your, who's your number one pick that the Celtics need to draft? This is a tough year. Um, not because I don't like... Mark Elfels, but it's just because it's... He says it's a tough year. I say it's a tough tough year just because, unfortunately for Boston, you're picking in the same uh, same (laughs) pool that you already have a ton of players. What's that? You should see my face. face, His face is priceless. You were like, wait, who did he just say? Who's good? Who's... Like relax. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That, hey, I don't want anything. I, I, I will clear the air right now. I want nothing to do with Lonzo Ball. I, that would be that would make me sick. But no, it's just a tough year because of positionally, I think the best player uh, by a fairly wide margin is Markel Fultz. I think that's definitely the guy you got to go with. The problem is you already have a stacked backcourt that you already have three guys that you've been rotating pretty heavily. Plus the fact that you have Terry Rozier who picked up a pretty decent sized role by the end of the year as well. So. You're going to have to get rid of one of those guys to be able to create some room, and therein lies the difficulty. What are you going to trade those guys for? And like I said, again, going after this article this week that I'm working on, I think there's a plan that if you were to trade these players or one of those guys, whether it's Smart or Bradley or you know, pick your poison, contractually you could throw some things off. So I think you could be looking at the Celtics next year playing a three-guard lineup very well. So... Yeah, uh, I think it's. I still think it's false, but I, I think we're going to see a lot of three guard lineups come to the beginning of next season. I think Fultz actually gives you more options because, yes, you have a lot of guard depth right now, but you were going to have to trade one of those guards eventually, anyways, right? M- whatever Zach says, maybe not, but I mean, I'm just, <laughs> let him crunch the numbers. Zach's still over there with his calculator. You'll see. You'll see. It's going to be a nice little graphic and everything. I'll make a little pie chart for you. There we go. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, it makes it easier for you to let go of a guy who you think may, you don't know yet, like a Smart or a Rozier, right? Now you know you got faults. So, like, obviously, if you were talking about, hey, do I want Mario Chalmers or Derrick Rose? I'll take Derrick Rose, right? I mean, like, I, I, like, but, like you wouldn't have known that if, if Mario Chalmers had a great NBA, NBA playoff run, like a Rozier had a good playoffs, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, obviously, you're going to take the number one overall pick. So makes it easier. Trade it. Get a get a big man. Get a swing man. I mean, there's there's plenty of options you can do to just now you have such you have s- so much depth at guard, right? But now you have mm-hmm. a guy you know you need to keep at guard. You know what I mean? Like you know you need to keep faults now. Before faults, 
it's like, oh, who do we trade? Bradley Smart. Oh, we can't lose Smart because we can't lose this. If we can't lose Bradley, we're going to lose this. If we can't lose. Uh, now you get Fultz. Like, Fultz is there. He's going to be your guy. You got to keep him. So you can trade anyone else. That's what I think it gives you. All right, cool. Let's get into some in case you missed it. Zach, you want to you, you hang on for in case you missed it? Or you got to go? Or you good? Uh, yeah, I can chill. You can chill? All right. We're going to put a bow on this uh, on this episode the way we do with every episode with In Case You Missed It. Um, obviously, the uh, NBA Finals are the only thing that's left to watch of the NBA season, right? Mm. It's the first trilogy of the NBA Finals in, 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 in playoff history, and it's the Golden State Warriors against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and... And I I gotta ask guys who who you guys got and, and how many games, Zach. Let's start with you. Uh, I'll tell you what I like Golden State in this one. I think they are as hot as a team as we've ever seen going into the NBA Finals. I think the addition of Kevin Durant, who seems to be playing into this team exactly the way that they wanted him to, I think this team is is working perfectly. And I'll tell you what, one of the most underrated things that once we look back at the season for them that may have worked out perfectly for Golden State is the injury to Kevin Durant that allowed that team to remember, oh yeah, Steph Curry is still an all-NBA level player. Draymond Green, still an all-NBA level player. Clay Thompson, same thing. So I, I think that team figured out its identity late in the season, and I think adding Kevin Durant back into the mixture for the playoffs has just been absolutely lethal. I like Golden State. I think it's going to be in Game 7, though. It's going to be on Golden State's floor again, and they're going to be able to take it this time. Dutra, I've, I've I've fought back. I just, it's been tough. It's been tough <laughs> thinking about this because here's my thing. I hate both of these fucking teams, man. I hate <laughs> both of them. Like when the Warriors were like cute and like coming up, like they were like that. <laughs> the little engine that could. The, they were just like this cute little like you know like in high school like there was this cute girl like oh that girl's pretty cute then she realizes she's cute and then like she becomes a bitch <laughs> that's where the Warriors are at right now and LeBron James is just a bitch and a douchebag so anything he does I hate so now I'm like this is it's awful but I've realized something that's been happening lately that has swayed my opinion and really because truthfully in my opinion it's a fucking toss up. It really is because you have the best player in the series is on the Cavs. But then you have the next three best players, in my opinion, on the Warriors. So where are you going to go? You know, the Cavs were able to beat him last year. He's in there. They're in their head. Yeah, the Warriors are well for whatever revenge they think they are. They get whatever. I'm going Warriors in seven just because. I'm sick and fucking tired of hearing LeBron James being compared to Michael Jordan. And even if he wins his championship, he's not going to be compared to Michael Jordan. Well, they're still going to they're still going to talk about that. But if he loses, they're I think that, that will just stop. But I will give him this. I will give LeBron James this. If he's able to beat this Warriors team, which by far is the best team he's ever gone up against in the in the finals. Then I start have to like making these like LeBron James, like he's really good statements, and I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to do that. So all I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna pretend that the Warriors are still that cute little girl from three years ago, that cute 
their little, you know, little petite chick who didn't come become a bitch overnight and just get too full of herself. <laughs> just think of the good old days, man. <laughs> think, of, think of Steph hitting half-court shots with Clay Thompson and Jamon Green and, you know, back when, back when it was good. Back when it was good. Okay. So you're saying the Warriors in seven. Did I say that? I think you did. Yeah, Warriors and seven. seven Warriors and seven. Okay. Great um, finals. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think, I think Cleveland's going to take this one. I know. We talked about this the other night when we were yeah, really drunk. Yeah, and I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it in six. I know. They're I think ridiculous. they're going to do it in six. They're ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I and wish this was more. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. I wish. I wish you got my initial reaction when I heard yeah. when I told me this the other night. Yeah. We well, should have been recording that shit. Been, I just should have just like under, under you know, put my <laughs> put my cell phone out and start recording. It right? was it was one of these, I think. What the <laughs> f- are you talking about, man? <laughs> but you heard my points. And I Tim did. and Tim was there. Shout out to you, Tunis. And he agreed with a lot of my points. And you just brought up another point that I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't think about. Uh last season when they won seventy three games, the Warriors, the pressure was all on them. This it was, was last season was the first time that you know it was there wasn't really a lot of pressure on Cleveland mm-hmm. to win it. Because it was the Warriors winning seventy three games, right? Breaking the record, the regular season record, and going on to win. There was a lot of pressure on LeBron, I think, for the Cleveland thing. Oh yeah, that, but not as much as the Warriors. This time around, they went and got Kevin Durant. You know, I guess the Warriors realized. I, I've told you my my conspiracy theory, right? They realized that the only threat to them was the was OKC, so they poached Kevin Durant from the OKC, and it's like, all right, now we're mm-hmm. gonna run through the West. Just like as just 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 exactly the way they did, mm-hmm. and they're gonna win the NBA championship, right? Mm, not so fast. You got other than LeBron playing the way he's been playing. You have Kevin Love to me, who has been playing the best basketball since he arrived in Cleveland. I was second that. You know, he's been a double double machine. The old is he's he's like the old Kevin. No, Kevin no Love. he's not. No, he's not. In no, the playoffs. He's not. In the playoffs. No, he's not. No. Look it up, man. He's no uh, double, double, and he's shooting threes at a high clip. The old Kevin DeLove. Kevin Love. The old Kevin DeLove. <laughs> Kevin DeLove. <laughs> the old Kevin DeLove just loved, you know, staying down the paint. Ke- he, Kevin Love now is, but he's still doing that. He's he's grabbing boards, but shooting threes at the same time. Mm, I don't know. And the X factor and, and wiping his hair out of his face, even though his hair's short. I don't get that. Well, other than the flopping thing. Which, which it's that. Why, why does he brush his hair off his eyes? Because he's when it's be, when it's because he's a teammate of LeBron. You know, they're all like delicate guys. You he's know what I mean? constantly brushing the hair out of his eyes. He's got to. He's got to show. It's not even that. close. Well, well, the X factor to me in this series will be the the front court. Uh, Trishan Thompson, a guy that that Dutra gave a lot of love to before the Celtics series, and no one expected him to to to, to average almost twenty points and fifteen rebounds a game. He always does against the Celtics, but. For the whole series, though, yeah, I knew I, that was <laughs> for the whole series, though, and it was a quiet. Like you saw the rebound, surprise. No, but I saw the rebounding thing. But when you see the when you would see the box score, and he was, you know, twenty one points, you know, six or seven, six or seven from the free throw line. He's actually making his free throws now. The points, yes, the points. I was a little surprised about, but <laughs> like, I mean, hell? he was putting up like the first game when it was the first quarter, and he had like eight points and eight rebounds. I was like, fucking. Jesus, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> the only time he didn't, average, he didn't score in double figures or grab double figures in rebounds, 
was game three. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was the only time. Hmm. Tell us when that game. Ex- huh? ex- ex- what a quinky dink. Weird. <laughs> but anyways, so when, when it comes to the front court, who are you going to put on Tristan Thompson? Javel McGee? I just think I just think that there's there's too many options. Huh? David David West? Like that their bench, their Warriors bench well, it, uh, is, those two is, guys is inferior just, is inferior to the 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 Cavaliers those bench. Those two guys you just named? Mhm. Would have made a big difference in the Celtics. Well, that's the Celtics containing Tristan Thompson. That's I'm just a, saying. That's the Celtics though. I mean Al, Al Horford, name. Al Horford wasn't able I mean, I don't know if the, was Al Horford was I guess guarding no, Al Hooford really wasn't guarding Tristan Thompson. He was though. more on Kevin Love. Yeah. yeah. So, if you put a David West or uh, JaVale McGee mm-hmm. on Tristan Thompson, better than what the Southern's throwing at him. He was doing his shit it's on. It's better, but it's not necessarily. He was doing this shit on Amir Johnson and fucking I Kelly Olenek. It's, and it's fucking, better, but like they're not known as defensive players. And Al Horford, but I mean, yeah, no, they're not. But you know. And then off the bench for, for, for Cleveland, you got Corver. You have, but Ron if you Williams. need to, if you need to, you can throw Draymond Green on him. You can, you can say, okay, David West, go stay on a three point line against against Kevin Love, and you, and if he's dominating, you can throw Draymond Green on him. Okay, like I think you have enough options that Tristan Thompson, maybe one game he'll be a difference maker because he just seems to be, he just seems to be in the right, the right place, place at the right, right time. time. You know that what is, I mean? Dennis Rodman, like exactly, <laughs> which is weird. I I thought about that whole series. I was like, this dude is yeah. fucking Dennis Rodman, just a better offensive player than, than than Dennis. Also, not as good as a rebounder or defender, but but it it, it cancels each other out. Nah, not really. Dennis, I take Dennis Rodman in there, but oh no, I would too. I'm Dennis not saying Rodman that. Dennis Rodman like he's Dennis say Rodman that. like. Okay, yes, yes. But I guess the Celtics, he was better than Dennis Rodman. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if Tristan now. Thompson played the Celtics every game, he'd be a he'd be the right. best player of all time. Okay. So, um, Zach, you mentioned uh, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has been playing like shit. You know how I love me some Clay Thompson now. <laughs> been playing like shit all playoffs. Oh, what number was he? In all playoffs, 25? baby. He was number eight. Oh, what number was Steph? <laughs> Numbers? No. Well, I forget. I forget my top ten. Go go back to that if you guys want to on the College uh, Street blog. Okay, I will. I will break it down for you without numbers. Joel ranked Clay Thompson over Steph, Tom- just, Steph Curry. Just right over. Just right over. But he's not proving that so far in the playoffs. <laughs> no. Because, and because okay. they swept everyone, they want, no one's noticing it. It's All right, fine. Joel. You got to pick a player right now. Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. Who you right picking? now it's Steph because, because Clay's been playing like shit. But. <laughs> so he's been playing like shit all, all, all playoff long. Steph has been playing great. Mm-hmm. But if any indication of the last two finals – uh, will show you he didn't come up huge like the way he should have. I, b- I believe that this finals will be decided by what Steph Curry you get in these finals. But Kyrie, who's not known as a defensive player either, had him on lock last last uh, mm-hmm. last June. So mm-hmm. if that happens again, mm, it's going to go down as one of the best finals ever. I'm I saying that right now. I, I think but so I still, too. I just think Cleveland, that's the only thing that LeBron has left to prove, to win a second one in Cleveland to show you to show everyone that the first one wasn't a fluke, and Durant might opt out of his uh, his uh, second year, and who knows, might become a free agent again. Who knows? Just saying, I who knows? This that could change. That could change. Door. That could change the whole landscape of the NBA if the, if Cleveland wins this series. Wouldn't it be nice just to come to Boston, but we just we just could, need you, could. Durant. We just so need I'm, you. I'm sticking with Cleveland in six. Even if, if even if it goes seven, you know, Cleveland would have a chance to win it at home in six. But it's it's what I still think Cleveland wins the series. Ballsy, ballsy. But I mean, we'll see. 
I think we can all and agree. Plus, oh, I'm sorry. Kevin Durant doesn't have the killer gene when it comes to him playing against LeBron James. Oh, yeah. LeBron James is, is Kevin Durant's kryptonite. Hmm. I mean, it's only happened once, but. But and just, in, just in them playing against each other over the years, Kevin Durant's only beaten LeBron James three times. I would like Kevin Durant so much better if he was on the fucking Warriors, man. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, uh, it's going to be a fucking great series. It's going to be a great series. But uh, uh, speaking of the Warriors, in case you missed it, uh, Steve Kerr, not going to return anytime soon. And I don't think he's going to return as a as a Warriors coach at all, just coaching in general. I think he's done. I think he's done. I, and, Sean, I know, I, know you, I know you love yourself some, uh, some Mike Brown, but you're going to see him a lot of them in this series. I hate Mike Brown. <laughs> uh, Mike Brown going back to Cleveland, that'll be fun. That, that'd be great. That'll be fun. <laughs> that's some, that's some must-see TV. That'll be – that'll be. Uh, I don't even know if they will boo him. <laughs> I don't even – will they boo him? Maybe, uh, probably. probably, probably uh, LeBron will probably try to have him take, take fucking Tyron Newspot. He loved Mike Brown as a coach. He sure did. Uh, in, in case you missed it, and this canter. I don't know if you've heard of this the story, but I've heard of it as canter. Okay, but the story <laughs> um according to the Turkish government, mm. you know, this country of Turkey, they're accusing him of being a member of a terror group. Good. Uh, I don't know if you recall last week, Mr. Enes Cantor of the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was uh, denied entrance into Romania. Really? Yes, he was detained. Why is he going to Romania? Um, I don't know. This is he's hasn't been playing basketball for the last month, month and a half. So he's decided to go on some some vacation time. I don't know. So you are an <laughs> NBA player, and your vacation spot is Romania. God, this this dude's definitely a terrorist, bro. I'm uh, I'm with you, Turkey. I'm with you. Why is this guy not going to Palm Beach? In, Why is this guy not going? You know, you know what's crazy? In Turkey, his Twitter account is blocked. No one in Turkey can access his Twitter account. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes. For for whatever reason, you're going uh, to Romania on vacation, man. That's a joke. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever been like, "Hey, what?" You know, when you have to like go through customs, like, "Hey, what are you here for?" You're like, "Oh, vacation to Romania." <laughs> Terrorist. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Kander had to return to the U.S. <sighs> through London. Trump no, let via, him through via via London. Yeah, Trump. I guess Trump. You know why? Because Trump was busy out there, so he wasn't paying attention. Oh yeah, yeah. He's out in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, fucking just up, yelling at fucking Muslims. Up, fucking up things over there. Yeah. And, Wearing yarmulkes for no reason, but that's just <laughs> that's just what Trump does, apparently. Uh, I mean, he loves Cinco de Mayo, though. So well, Canada okay. did tell reporters that you know he's going to become a U.S. citizen at some point because uh, right now he he just holds a a a green card, so he is legal. <laughs> Trump, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, this is a mess. It's a mess. Well, he's from Turkey, right? Yes. And his home country says "fuck you." Yes. Mm-mm. I never go back there. What's Turkey got? Other than your family. I guess your family's there. It sort of sucks. You can't go see your family, but I'm sure you can fly them out to the USA. Well, I'm sure he's probably said something in the past or tweeted out something on social media rejecting something with the government or yeah, something Yeah, like it, you know what? You or know rebelling what, against the government. Yeah, you know what's really funny is like, I always loved living in the United States so you could talk against your government. <laughs> Until now. There, you can't. You really can't. Especially, especially if your your last name is uh, not Smith. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta worry about shit like that. Shit. Uh, uh, in case you missed it, we were talking about Bucky Mr. Trump. Faults earlier. Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> it, is his, it is his birthday. 
today. He's Happy 19, motherfucking 19 birthday. Years 19 old. years old. Young young spring chicken. The possible Celtics number one pick, right? Not even possible. Not even possible. It's going to happen. It's happening. Mm. Mm, Happy birthday, man. We got to make sure all Causeway Street listeners follow him on Twitter because we're going to have to get him on the Causeway Street podcast at some point, right? Oh, hell yeah. It's happening. So, hey, make that happen. I'll make it happen, man. <laughs> Just play the tape. Go back to go back to December. <laughs> this, in case you missed it, is brought to you by CLNS. <laughs> when you want the best, CLNS Media Network. <laughs> make sure you download their mobile app Any, on, your, um, on your iPhone or your Android. Any feedback on that, Jingle? Yeah, not yet, baby. But uh, you know, we're, we're still working on it. Gotta sign that still record deal. Still work on it for the uh, best coverage in in sports especially in boston sports you download the clns media mobile app and that is it for in case you missed it zachy p once again thank you for joining us uh, i know you took some time off and you went and you enjoyed your long weekend but we Dude always appreciate you coming through. over there fucking keep, keep crunching those numbers for us though enjoying that memorial day <laughs> celebration. I will, I will. this week this week i'm gonna have that uh that, that new article Talking a little bit about the salary cap and uh, what to look forward to in 2017 and in 2018. Nice. So, yo, big shout yep. out, big shout Come out to way. you, and thanks for you know being our, our fourth member, pretty much of the Causeway Street. Pretty much, we podcast well, all season long. Well, let, let's be honest, man. Yeah. Not a problem, man. It's uh, <laughs> my pleasure. He hasn't signed another dollar line yet, man. He may be too expensive for us, man. I don't nah, know. man. He keeps crunching them numbers. That's <laughs> all we need. <laughs> he'll be the he'll be the Causeway Street accountant. <laughs> For all incoming free agents. For the for the Causeway Street salary cap. Yeah, he's he's going to be able to crunch those numbers. He's going to be like, oh, guys, I think we should not take on the sponsor. They are not paying us enough. He's like, if <laughs> if we divide the number of beers, Sean <laughs> We're going to have to cut out this expense here, guys. It's just it's just way too much. Listen, no more Sam Adams. we got to go PBR. Okay? It's just it's good for the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> got to go the high life route. <laughs> oh, man. High life, I'm out. <laughs> Zach, where can they follow you on uh, on Twitter for for your hot takes for all your for all your uh, arguments too? I saw you after game. Yeah, five. yeah, yeah. Was going hard against yeah, some of our followers. Uh, a certain subset of uh, Celtics fans who got a little upset with me for uh, for for calling out Marcus Smart for having a, a bad game four or not showing up in game four after his great game three performance. Oh, so, man, if I was yeah, on I Twitter during few, that time, uh, two more. You want to call him out? Loyal followers. You, you want to call him oh, out? No, it's up no, to you. No, 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 no. I'll let him be. They'll get all they get all bent out of shape. No, and then no, I had no. one guy tell me he was going to play me one on one in basketball. I was like, dude. I, oh, I'm oh, just, just like that? Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. He was awfully confident too. I was like, yeah, you're gonna be really freaking shocked if you hop on the court with me, that bro. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, <laughs> Zach, Zach. I don't know if you know this, but uh, that was me. Yeah, if you want to hit me up at OTW Sports Radio, uh, plenty of good conversation going on out there. But like I said, don't get too uh, don't get too attached to any players. We go after everyone. So, <laughs> Zach, we Zach, we appreciate it once again. Um, and yeah, get on that. Get on those 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 number crunching articles that you got coming up and. And keep doing your thing, and we'll talk soon. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Take care, brother.
Big shout out actually to supporters of the Causeway Street uh, blog and podcast. Yes, thank you guys. And especially it's been a great year, and especially to uh, CLNS the Media Network and Nick uh, Gelso in particular for taking us under their umbrella. And this this was our first season with them. We didn't get rained on once. We didn't get. <laughs> there you go. This is our first season together, and you know we're looking forward to the big things in the future with their with their partnership. So thanks. To CLNS Radio once again, and and I'll just I'll just accept the thank you for the jingle that I made up. From and you guys. we'll keep working on that jingle. I will make it. I will make it like an official. Just let's like record it. Intro, like record it. Give me give me the studio. I got you. I got right. you. Give I me like, a live band and everything. I like when you got when you got like the riff going. That's yeah. good. That's always good. Wait for that. <laughs> and I also got a shout out to um to some some peoples here that I, I feel it was necessary because they were they rode with us all season long and the, some some even even before this season so uh the big shout out to title town apparel they've been doing their thing if you haven't bought a shirt from title town apparel what are you waiting for hit them up on twitter got my j shirt from them they actually they're actually running a sale right now it's like it's an off-season sale i think you know most of their shirts are like 10 bucks right now so mm. get on that so shout out to them title town uh off the wagon Obviously, with Zach and, and his peoples over there, uh, the open field. It's been a while since we shouted them out, but yeah. they're, they're still they're still one of our big supporters. They're still doing his thing, Mikey. All right, Mikey doing his thing out out west, right? Yeah, he's. I think he's. I think he's hooked up with uh, Fox Sports now. Oh, uh, nice. Is he the Fox Sports or one of the one of the network sports? But yeah, doing his thing out west. Awesome, awesome, man. And uh, also to Twitter followers that always. Give us love, retweet oh. things. And so uh, gotta love our tweet, bros. Shout out to uh, Learn Citizen. Oh yeah, always, always checking in. On always our, making on our, sure we're getting episode. that next episode out. Appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Uh, we got Aaron Ava, who's always a big supporter, and Anna Horford for coming on the Causeway Street podcast for the first time. And she she shout out all of like Boston media who who she's um, had interviews with. She was actually in Boston for Game Five. We also went to the Went to Boston Collins, so shout out to Anna. Um, it was a great first season. Who else? Dana Patrick, Fred White, uh, Bleed Celtics Green, big, big, big follower of the uh, Causeway Street uh, podcast. Uh, I'm like Mike, and I can't forget, obviously, Adrian Mendoza. Been with the, been with Causeway Street since day one, doing this thing. Got to get him on sometime. We'll get him on. He's also uh, has contributed to the Causeway Street blog as well. So, Adrian. Big shout out to you, and if I forget anyone, you know, please forgive me. You know, we had we got mad love this season, and it was our best one yet. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, I didn't even know we had this many people that talked to us on Twitter yeah. as much as that. And, um, just kidding, I know. I get, I get the alerts all the time, man. Sometimes it's just like doing something, and I'm just like, oh, man, my phone's blowing it's just, up. Just blowing up, right? Ah, uh, people just talking to Joel on Causeway Street. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we can't forget our founder, our leader. My bro, Josue Pavone, for killing it all season long with the snaps, no, with wait. the live videos at the TD Garden and on the road before, during, and after Celtics games. True. Pissing off Fred Hoiberg with the question heard around the world. Mm -hmm. The best question of the playoffs, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, enjoy your, your much, you know, deserved time off and Just, keep, let's, let's keep killing it. Let's and keep doing enough. your thing. I mean, you got to take the vacation during the year to come as well, bro. <laughs> come on, man. Come on. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> no, but for real, shout out to Sway. But, man. I mean, you know, if I know Sway, he was planning this well, well in advance. So, 
Oh, if you know Sway, he's been planning it well, well in advance. Isn't that Des? No, no, no. You know Sway is gonna play this. No, but what I was going, what I was going to say was when we were talking about, you know, prediction time. I think we all had them going no more than the second round. Right, right. So I think he was like, I don't think they're gonna get past the second round. Right, right. Which is, you know, I get it. Game seven could have gone either way. Bada boom, bada bing. Plus, it was a short series in the Eastern Conference Finals, so yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Follow him on Twitter. J O E underscore S W A Y. Can't wait for you to get back on the podcast, fucking Sway. He said he'll be on the next one when we get on mm. in depth with the NBA Finals talk. And we'll be getting into the NBA draft pretty soon, man, too. Damn right. It's, it's, Just in case. Well, the Celtics only have one first round pick, right? Well, this great. Yeah, no. First round? I think so. I think so. This year only. Yeah, because they swapped it. with. They swap wow. it with the with the Nets, and then I think they got like two more in the second round or three yeah. more. So I, think got, I think they got like four altogether. We're gonna dive deep. They're gonna dive. We're gonna dive real deep. Hopefully in it's this not. A very, hopefully it's hopefully it's a very shallow dive for Danny Ainge, and he just settles on Markel Fultz. But we'll have all those other options for you just in case he doesn't. And he makes a biggest mistake in the world. <laughs> See, that's a good thing when the Celtics do good. Mm-hmm. That means we do good. Yeah, <laughs> here on the podcast. Hell and, yeah, and on the blog. And so. now with Markel Fultz, if they draft Markel Fultz, so we got like eight more years of this there shit coming go. up, man. There you we go. Good, we good. Obviously, you can follow us on all social media accounts: Twitter, Instagram. Follow us on Snapchat. You might not see a lot of Snapchats right now, but you know, we'll, we'll, we can we can fix that. And uh, like us on Facebook, and you can listen to the Causeway Street podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher. On the CLNS uh, mobile app, we're all over the place. So, on behalf of of Sway and Zach, I'm Joel Pavone. And I'm Sean Dutra. Thank you for a great season, everybody. Yeah. And we are the Causeway Street Podcast, and we'll be talking to you guys real soon. Hell yeah. Peace out. Later.